if the power goes out, it's because we have these insane thunderstorms that are rolling through. Oh, and it's no. been like, it, no, it's okay. But it's every single day for the last, I don't even know how long, three weeks. It's just rain, which is cool. I like rain, but the thunderstorms are kind of crazy. Are you guys getting these? Are they making them way their way up to you as well? No, we had beautiful oh. weather. Beautiful weekend. Thank God, because we had the TIG welding class here. Everybody's just saying goodbye now on the porch. It's like the end of summer camp. Everyone's like exchanging business cards and emails and Instagram names. No, it's great. We had a great, great TIG weekend, and it was beautifully sunny all weekend. Couldn't ask for a better weekend. Beautiful weekend here. It's raining now, no thunderstorms, but we've gotten a lot of rain over Mm -hmm. through the spring. Our weeds are, and weed bushes are just out of control. Weed bushes. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah they're, they're bushes, but they're not planted ones, and they're just yeah. sprouting everywhere. I don't know what to call them. I always felt bad when somebody when somebody calls something a weed. You know, all living things are basically of the same category, but you know, somebody gives it a bad rep and says that's a weed. Every time it grows, pull it and get rid of it. Some of it is invasive and takes over and ruins. See, the landscape. That's just something. That's just your opinion. You're right. What if, <laughs> what if somebody made a garden of just weeds? You know, things that were classified as weeds. Like, this is my beautiful... That's called a field. Yeah, <laughs> this is sure. a beautiful dandelion. Yeah, dandelions have a bad rep. Nobody, like, you don't, like, see, like, a dandelion sitting on somebody's windowsill in a pot. It's got, like, the worst <laughs> reputation. Actually... If you have kids, you do see that because they go out and they pick them and they're like, look, I got flowers. And then they stick them in a pot and then they turn nasty. Yeah. So if, yeah. if if I'm growing an area of ground cover for landscaping and a rose bush just pops up in the middle of it, that rose bush is a weed. It's not supposed to be there. <laughs> That's true. I do. Hmm. I do have a lot of rose bushes. You know what I have up here, too? I have a, a lot of like grapevines. Hmm. People always say, oh, those are the bad grapes. I'm like, it looks just like a regular grape. But, oh, no, those are the bad ones. I'm like, I don't know. Why do they have a bad reputation? I don't understand. <laughs> they cause problems, you know, they're the, <laughs> the bad ones that nobody wants their kid grapes to hang out with. Yeah, they carry switchblades and leather jackets. <laughs> <laughs> My parents had grapevines in their backyard growing up, well, well, when I was growing up. And uh, I don't know what kind of grapes they were, but they were really good, like, for one week out of the year, we'd have to get out there and get them before the animals got them. But mm. then they were really good. And yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We're talking about planting some blueberry bushes because apparently where we live, they're really easy to grow, which I didn't know this. Um, but we want to plant some of those just so we can have some wild, not, you know, wild, but outdoor blueberries. But I have a, fi- a feeling that the deer will probably come through and ravage them before we get to them. So we'll see. Yeah, we have we have plenty of gardens here, and, and the deers, the, the chickens that get in there, they kind of get in there and make a little bed, and they kick out you know, the little plantlings that are the seedlings that are trying to get up. And so mm. Taylor hates the chickens. They're not they're not allowed out. <laughs> How many so chickens do you have exactly? No, we start out with like forty, maybe forty five, but now that's slowly dissipating. We have about thirty now. The hawks take them, and we used to be obsessively counting them every night, and we stopped doing that. So, but we have plenty of eggs. I mean, the couple of, there's like a few that still that have a lot of personality. And when Taylor tells me, like I was traveling, and she's like, "Oh, the hawks got a couple of more chickens," and I was like, "Oh no, did they get the the white rooster?" She's like, "No, no, no." I'm like, okay, cool. You know, there's a couple. Of, mm. it, it, it's like there's a there's a population and like out of the population five of them have the personality that i remember who they are the rest i just can't remember their names and like you know if they go missing it i wouldn't notice mm. i hate to say that but since we're talking about animals you know this is the topic of the show typically is animals um did you get cats cuz i watch instagram stories <laughs> but i i keep the sound on my phone off yeah. almost exclusively so i rarely yeah. hear what people are saying and there's always yeah. kittens so you get cats <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I haven't really officially announced it. I mentioned I mentioned it in in uh, uh, I mentioned it when we were in England. But we lost Spike in February, and Spike mm-hmm. is the cat that's been in a lot of my videos. And I had Spike for about five or six years. I got him as an older cat, so he was already like into his teen years. I don't know how old, and uh, but he just natural causes, and just uh, he had some he had some natural problems. 
and we had to put him down in February. So February 17th. So it's been that long. And then a few months later, my buddy said, like, I guess March or April, my buddy said, oh, my, my cat is, is pregnant, I think. She's gotten really fat. And then sure enough, she gave, she gave birth to kittens. And she gave birth to three kittens that looked just like Spike. So I couldn't not have to film. I couldn't not film them and show them. <laughs> because he lives in the city and he lives up here, but the kittens are here. And he's always, hey, could you go over to my house and feed the kittens, check on the mom? And so I just kept doing that to the point where now he's kind of, he's jammed up. He's having some problems in the city. He hasn't been able to get up here. And the last time he and Taylor went to go check on the kittens, she said, let's just bring them home because to, the mom wasn't around and we were afraid the mom might have gotten hurt, but she didn't. We ultimately went back and found her. And so now the mom and the three kittens are here. We're keeping them in the, the front room. And each one of the kittens looks like Spike. And everyone's like, Is those, are those Spike's kittens? Are those Spike's kittens? And I mean, they are his kittens. I could say that spiritually they're his kittens, but DNA, they're not his kittens. We don't know who the father is because she was, she is basically was a stray cat. He always let her just run around and do her thing. And she would come home and she went out and Don got herself pregnant. And so now we have the mother. Nobody has names. We just called the mother and the kittens. And so I have three little black and white kittens. Each one of them in their own way looks like Spike. And today in the shop, I'm going to film a tips video, a welding tips video with Jody and JD, who are still here until tomorrow night. And so we're going to do a video and I'm going to use the three kittens as the interstitials in the new tips video. Whereas I obviously used to use Spike all the time. And so I didn't really know how to transition into new tips videos and what I might do. And, and like I said, I didn't really make an official announcement about Spike because I was afraid there's a lot of kids that watch. I don't think there's a lot of kids that listen to this. So that's why I could say it here. It's like, we're all adults. And I didn't want to make an official announcement if like a guy's watching or a family's watching my vlog, for instance, waiting for the cat video with Spike. And then I say, oh, you know, by the way, we, we lost Spike and I didn't want any little kids to see that. So I haven't really, and I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I really still don't know. I mean, as the news gets out there slowly, maybe the parents could say something to the kids, you know, if there is a few people that or that looking forward to that kind of video clip there from now on, there'll be new kittens. So, hmm. so how, mm-hmm. what's the statute of limitations about those actually becoming your kittens? Cause it will happen. Uh, I have no oh, doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, <I think laughs> those are your kittens. kittens now. Yeah. My buddy Ryan, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to figure it out. He's having some money problems and, and he hasn't been able to get up here and he, and I, I, he has a few of my tools. So I went over there and took some of my tools before they became his landlord's tools. And I still have to go over there and get one or two more things. So I don't know what's going to happen with him. I hope he figures it out, but he's having some money problems. And that's why he hasn't been able to get up here. He's still trying to drum up work in the city to bring it back up here. He's a welder and a fabricator. And so the kittens indefinitely are here. I don't see them going back to living with Ryan in the city or up here because he's got too many other things to, to consider. So for now, they're here. So, so you should name them. Just make oh, it yeah. official. Like, give them names. Like, yeah. Bob is a good name. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Bob, a, Jim, a good and Tim. Name for a <laughs> yeah, you should definitely name one of your cats Jimmy. That wouldn't be confusing at all. No, well, I, I've been considering the one before we basically went over and pulled the power play on the kittens. He said, this one kitten will be yours. And he kept talking about this one cute kitten. Well, they are all cute. But the one that had, like, coloring on his chin, similar to Spike. And I was going to call him Rocco. Because it sounds like the mm. next progression of Spike and Brocco. I don't know yet. That's not official. We haven't mm. really. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> cool. Might call him Fonzie. I don't know. Because remember, Spike was Fonzie's mm. nephew, right? I don't, I don't remember, remember this. So it sounds like yeah. a, one of those characters that show up in the last season to try to revive yeah. the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, Fonzie had his nephew, and I think his name was Spike. So You I'm could. Uh, the Fonz cash in on this and have a sponsor like you know name the cat bosch or something like naming rights you know for a big pile of money <laughs> that's a very good idea all right so if any any sponsors listen to the show naming rights are, are available yeah with three kittens and i could change the mother's name for the right amount of money to, uh, so, yeah, so one of the cats one of the cats is going to end up being tanny bed tanning beds are us and then mm. one will be mm. uh, you know like hot dogs for cheap dot com mm. yeah well cool well i'm glad yeah. you have new cats yeah yeah that like i cool. said you know we haven't officially it's funny because when we first the first 
the kittens first showed up, Taylor's like, oh, I can't believe Ryan let that cat have kittens. So irresponsible. She's like, they are not coming here. <laughs> we went and looked and she's like, let's just put them in the car. Let's just take them. I'm like, it was that, like that quick. <laughs> like a month later, she's like, let's, she, cause she went upstairs and I was looking all around the house for the mom and she's making sure the kittens are good and she's making sure their bedding's good. And then she's like, that's it. Let's just take them. It's like, all right, cool. I mean, I would have taken them immediately. I wouldn't even have had, it wouldn't even have been a thing. She's the one who's more responsible. And then she realizes like, you know, these cats aren't getting taken care of unless we do it. So they're here indefinitely. Cool. So how was the welding class? Welding class was amazing. The, these classes have turned out to be really, really great weekends where everybody really is, is having a great time learning. And that's, I keep making sure I keep enforcing that. It's not just hanging out and having a couple of drinks and eating plenty of food. It's really about learning and, and networking. So I, I encourage the, the guys to, and the girls to make friends with each other and learn from each other and try and use each other's resources to create a network. And I'm making sure everybody's learning. So I'm going around how you're learning. Like, what are your personal goals? Because when you, when you weld, there's so many little personal goals you want to achieve. You want to just get like a, like a good weld or a good puddle or whatever it is you want to learn how to weld stainless, for instance, and keep it from getting sooty. And oh, there's all kinds of little things. And I said, you know, when you guys are at your stations this weekend, just try and go for those personal goals of improvement that you're going after. Some guys know how to weld steel and they never welded aluminum and vice versa. So all everybody's learning experience is very personal. And so I was just going around making sure. And of course, so is JD and, and Jody. And it worked out great. And we we would go to we'd have dinner up here. The food was great. My Jesse, Jesse, Ueda and, and Brett and my buddy Ray, they prepared all the meals. Taylor wasn't around this weekend. She she was on a retreat that she double booked herself and she did all the math and said, You guys can handle this without me. And it worked out great. I was very neurotic that, you know, it wouldn't work out, but it it was absolutely fine. Jesse did an amazing job. Ray did an amazing job, you know, handling the food and everything. And everybody had a great time. It was great. And after we'd have dinner, we'd go back out into the shop until one or two in the morning. The plasma cutter didn't break. Thankfully, we cut a lot of things on the plasma cutter. Those things are so finicky. I'm beginning to realize like every two hours, there's just some weird problem. that's unexplainable. Just shut it hmm. down and restart it. And Yeah. So, this is the CNC or just a regular plasma cutter? No, the the CNC plasma table. Yeah, I have a Torchmate table, which is just so, so, so finicky. Like, I've been keeping it a secret because I'm a sponsor of this, but, like, it's just so frustrating. It's just, it's been just so finicky. And that's the best I could say about it. But uh, the people there, we we rebuilt one. We kind of rebuilt it last weekend with some of the guys with CNC experience and then this week, a couple of guys with different types of CNC experience, and we diagnosed a couple of things, and you know, we basically gets down to restarting it and reloading the configuration, and, and I'm doing all these things now. If you you go on the phone with the tech guy enough, you just you say, you know what, I don't need to call a tech guy. He's just going to tell me to do these five things. Let me do these five things on my own, and then you get through another couple of hours, and then something else happens. But it's a lot of fun to be able to just think up something. I've cut a lot of people's names, a couple of logos, some knife blanks, some parts that become 20-sided dice. Uh, we did a 10-sided dice, a 20-sided dice. I learned a lot about uh, nerd dumb dice and welding up nerd about dice. What? Nerd dumb? Nerd dumb? How do you spell nerddom? I'm curious. I know how to spell it. I'm curious if you know how to spell it. <laughs> I don't know how to spell anything. Uh, no, but it, I, just, I, really, I really want to hear you spell it wrong in the phonetic way, just because I want to, you know. Nerd n n u r d nerd um o m nerdum nerd no there's a d in it and n e r d d o m nerdum. Which, by yeah, the way, speaking it. of nerdum, Brett made a twenty sided dice. <laughs> And that's the video that I was looking at when we first started. He put up a little preview video on his Instagram. And that basically sums up what a lot of the guys did. A lot of the guys. And, then, and JD Plasma cut a whole bunch and sent ahead of him as his arrival. He sent a whole bunch of cut up shape. So we did like cubes with the corners cut off and, and the, the 20-sided dice. And then like a, uh, a soccer ball shape, all in steel. We plasma cut it out and leave tabs between them so you get one complete set of parts that will make that up and and the guys did great you know it gives you there's obviously a lot of seams to weld and you got to prep the metal and clean it right and and then you know some guys really made some really cool things that they're very proud of uh, and that's really the goal and then you take whatever lesson you learned on making that soccer ball shape and 
bring it to whatever it is a real mm. practical application in your life or your job or whatever. And it, it went That's really, really well. cool. Yeah, it went really I, well. That, I mean, a, a multi-sided shape like that has to fit together. I remember you talking about it last week. That seems like a really challenging but really good way to get started because it's a bunch of repetition, right? You're doing the same type of thing and everyone probably gets a little bit better, but you're forced to do it all to the goal of getting the entire thing. It's not like you're laying a bead on a scrap and you can throw it away. Like it, it matters. Yeah, no, the yeah, committed. It matters yeah. to the last one. Huh. Yeah, that's true. Cause a couple of guys I watched them kind of giving up on it. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, well, I screwed up this well. This one's good, but this one's bad. I'm like, go grind it and just do it again. You know, I encouraged hmm. a couple of guys not to give up. And, and yeah, yesterday started out, there was a few guys. You, you know who came? You know, Matt from uh, uh, Matt Haas from Awesome Wood Things? Mm hmm. Yeah, Matt was here this weekend, and he went from not not welding at all to by the end of t- last night he had like some of the best looking shapes. Hmm. Yeah, he really picked it up, you know, great. So he was a perfect example of someone that comes, just said, you know what, I'm just going to keep my mind open and get into it and figure it out. And he did, and he did a great job. I think out of all the skills that I've learned over the years, welding has been one of the most uh, intimidating. Yeah, because it was. And once you do it, you're like, oh, there's really not a whole lot to it. There's a skill to be no. learned, and you can get better at it. But just to get started, there's not a lot of barriers. But there, there was in my head. Yeah. Well, that, a lot of the guys said, now I got the know-how, and now it's up to me to just practice the technique. And that's mm-hmm. what it is. It, mm-hmm. I, I can TIG weld, but my, my TIG welds look don't look like a perfect row of dimes because I don't know what it is. I just Maybe I haven't practiced enough. I obviously haven't practiced enough, but I just can't seem to lay a straight line. It's kind of like my 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 TIG line looks like my thoughts. It meanders, <laughs> goes up and down. So I wonder if that's just part of my DNA that my TIG line is not a perfectly up series of dots that are in perfect line. It like goes up a little bit, comes back. It's like my my TIG line looks like it's daydreaming, no matter what I do. <laughs> I try. I mean, so MIG for me was like. I knew there wasn't a lot to it. I just had to get in and do it. And I, actually, once I got the right machine, that made a pretty big difference. And so then it's, it feels pretty simple. But in my mind, TIG is still that thing that you're talking about, David. It's still, I feel like there's so much there. I know there's more stuff to keep track of. Just, I mean, you have basically three things instead of one thing that you're, you know, keeping an eye on. I Honestly, think. you you two guys, uh, you guys are very meticulous in your approach to things. You guys would be perfect TIG welders because it's it's that's why my TIG welds aren't great because I'm a bit more scrappy. But you guys are very meticulous and you guys would take a very logical approach, and that's what it takes to do a good TIG weld. I mean, there's nothing. I don't mm-hmm. think you guys would take more than a half hour to get the hang of it. The, the weird one of the barriers for me is my my welder can do that. But now I have to buy two other parts to make it do that, and so that's like that's like that feels like two other parts that I have to learn how to assemble, learn how to use, and then do the like you're playing drums because you're doing three things at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot yeah. easier than it's a lot easier than than it seems. It's just that little. It's I've been there. I've been there all. I'm there all the time. When you look at something, you go, "Oh, I got to go look at something else. I can't just do this." Yeah. In your mind, you're like, it's a barrier that you create, and it's really not. Yeah. Yeah. It's I like- kind of get the feeling from a th- being being outside that it's like um, going from an automatic to a stick. Like, yeah. it You can easily just drive an automatic and not have to th- do any other action other than like steering the wheel and pressing the gas, right? And then with the stick, there's two other things that are added to it that are, they just become part of that same pattern that you're doing, but you just have to learn how to fit them into the muscle memory of, of yeah, the driving part of it. So that's it. But I just don't have the experience. I really wish I could have come to one of these classes because having those we'll, two we'll guys do it again. teaching would have yeah. been the perfect for me anyway. It would have been the perfect way to jump into uh, you know getting the right amount of education in a small space. I think to get started on my own. But yeah, we're, def- we're definitely going to we're definitely going to do it again. And now all the machines are set up, ready to go. So if we ever have like a maker weekend, which is entirely possible. Oh yeah. So what's up with the camp thing? I saw on your story the camp. Oh yeah. We're, we're doing the maker camp here, Austin, and I keep putting Austin in the stories because Austin's running the event. There's a family here in town. They own a couple of the local resorts, and the resort called the Blackthorn is is partially run by their son, 
Austin, and Austin is my new buddy. And Austin came to me after we became friends up here in town about a year ago, and he said, "Hey, goes, what if I throw an event, and we call it the Catskill Maker Camp? Would you be, would you be up for that? Because the family throws themed events. One of the biggest events is a motorcycle weekend, and they have over ten thousand motorcyclists come through their resort. It's crazy. The whole town gets overtaken by motorcycles in September." And I said, he goes, would you help me promote it and, and get it going? And and in part, in part with my concept of taking East Durham and kind of making it a maker, a maker mecca of different people. And like I said it before that Chris Zepp just bought property up here and Brett lives nearby, of course, and my buddy Ryan with the kittens. And there's a few other people thinking about moving up here or getting property up here. And this will be the, uh, the event is going to take place October 11th. It's Columbus weekend and is going to be blacksmithing, chainsaw carving, knife making. They have this huge pavilion, a big center lawn. You can, they could, last year they had Dee Schneider play a concert at this place. It's incredible. So it's a, it's a pretty hardy place to throw an event. They, they can handle thousands of people. There's bars all around the place. It's like a real down home kind of country style spot. And they've had the place for 40 years in the family. And Austin wants to throw this this event. It's going to be the Catskill Maker Camp. And I've hooked him up with Paul Jackman's going to be doing power carving. And and like I said, the the modern forge guys that were at Maker Fair in New York last year, they're all coming. That's like an extended group of guys. It's like a group of friends. It's not really, they're not really like a company. That's just a group of friends that just got together and called themselves the modern forge. And each one of them are skilled knife makers and blacksmiths in their own right. And yeah, it's going to be a big hoedown. It's going to try and get a musical band for the weekend. And my brother might be the host. John might might be the host. He's tentatively going to come in and be like the ho- like the MC of events. It's going to be fun. And so, cool. if anybody's down, Black Thorn Resort on Facebook. Sweet. And the, my event is my well, my name is on the event. It's hosted by me, but I'll be there. And it's two miles from my house. Sweet. And all the cool kids are going to stay with me. So, mm. Laura's coming. <laughs> if you want to come, you, yeah, there's still room. Laura's coming from Germany, <laughs> and I think April might come. And there's a couple of, uh, you know, a couple, a couple of the big names want to come just to hang out. Awesome. And they will Very inevitably good. be playing and practicing whatever it is: blacksmithing, TIG welding. They're going to be. We're going to set up welding too. So if you guys come, it'll be a chance to learn how to TIG weld from. A pro. I don't think those guys. Well, oh, uh, JD's coming back. He's like, I'm definitely coming back. I'm definitely coming, definitely coming back. So JD will be here. Nice. So we'll have a welder Sweet. set up. I would love to make it, but that's my one of my son's birthdays, so I don't know that I'll be able to pull that one off. Wow, you know what would be we'll the see. most amazing birthday gift? Cats go maker camp. <laughs> that's kind of true. Kind of true. <laughs> Well, I was going to ask David what he's been up to, but he ran off. Oh, there he is. There he is. Uh, what have you been up to, David? Uh, this week, we're finishing up one video and starting another one. We almost completed the electronic uh, drill press lift. That was supposed to be one of those real quick projects. We thought we would be done by noon and could start the next one. And it turned. we didn't even get it finished. Um, but we ran in. Yeah, that... That doesn't sound like a quick one to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did some tests before Dan showed up the night before. I'm like, oh, now I know what to do. This should be nice and quick. And once we got all the the parts mounted into a box that fit onto the drill press, uh, the the drill kept... um, um, The drill was messing up, and there was too much force on the drill, so we had to figure out how to get the drill in the right place or whatever but it works now it's not super pretty because it goes up just fine when you when you flip the switch but when you go down each time it hits that new tooth on the the pole like it kind of jumps down so it's not super smooth mm-hmm. and i think it's the <clears throat> the weight of the table but um it works and it's a drill press lift it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be super smooth and and beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that, and um, I think I'm gonna uh, today. I'm gonna draw up a, a, a custom knob and, and 3D printer. I haven't gotten the 3D printer out in a while. So once we finish that, then we're going to move on to the NES rebuild. I took it apart last week to see what's all in there, and there's not a lot to it. The case doesn't even need to be nearly <laughs> as big as what it is. 
Yeah. And uh, so that's, uh, I don't have the design down, but that's that's one of the plans today is to sketch something up. And speaking of sketching, that's going to come back later yeah. in the in the topic. But uh, yeah, that's that's what we're working on. So with that, the NES, are you mimicking the original no. case or are you doing something entirely new? Entirely new. Completely awesome. new look. Uh, uh, what, yeah. is, what is an NES? Uh, the Nintendo don't Entertainment Don't tell him, don't tell him, don't tell him. Oh. 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 No, no, I <laughs> could have made Nine oh, Nintendo yep. Entertainment System. Yep. Yes. Thank you. You got it. We could have had yeah. we could have had fun with that one. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Ninja Ejection System. Jimmy, haven't you oh, ever yeah. heard of that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. have one. Yeah. Right next it's to my a... bed. So when they come near me, I can hit the Ninja Ejection System. <laughs> <laughs> one of the challenges for that is trying to figure out. So the the way the the cartridge go, goes in now, it kind of goes in at an angle, and you press down. You remember that little door flap that you flip up, and yeah, yeah. And trying to figure out, I don't. I want to remove that mechanical thing of going in and then pressing down. So we might solder a thing so it just top loads from the top, or just slides in from an angle and just stays like that. So I, I kind of want to rework that, and then the button placement. I'm not a, uh, a, as Dan learned last week, I'm terrible at soldering. So I, I, I want to keep that to a minimum. But uh, yeah, it's it'll be fun. It should uh, it should be fine. I forgot to test the NES before taking it all apart because it would oh, suck. No. Yeah. Um, it would suck to make this thing and not have it work. But is it in a state where you could still test it? And yeah. Disassemble? It is. It is. It might want to go ahead and do that just to yeah. be sure. Yeah. You know? Because like I have an, an old NES and it worked for a while and then just one day it stopped working, mm. you know. I feel like um, even if I think no matter what I make for it, I should be able to replace the guts with another set of guts. So I don't think it's going to stop me from from making it. Yeah, but true. That's a good I need point. the I need to have the payoff at the end of the video of me playing Duck Hunt or Super Mario Brothers or something. So true. Well, you could always stick a Raspberry Pi in it. Yeah, make. Make that work with, like, very little effort. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Well, uh, for me, we put out uh, the first part of the treehouse last week, and the second part of the treehouse will go out this week. Nice. So it's, it'll be nice to have that one out. We've had It's funny because we've had the treehouse now for a couple of weeks, and it it's kind of a big thing with, for our house. You know, like, the kids are enjoying it. They're always up in there playing and stuff. And... I, mean, I guess we've talked about this before, but it's kind of weird when you do something and then it's a little bit before the video comes out, but it, but that thing itself is just kind of like old news to you because you've already done it and moved on with your life, but then the video yeah. has to come out and then you have to talk about it more and stuff. So it feels like it's been done for a long time. Um, but And then remember last week I was talking about how I just wanted to take Monday and clean up and kind of reset and everything, and I wasn't sure that we were going to try to do a new project. Well, we did. <laughs> I mean, we did take Monday and we kind of reset a lot of stuff and it was really nice to get just slow down for that day and clean and organize and stuff. But then we jumped right into making a, another project for the next week. So it was kind of cool because I was able to do kind of both of the things that I talked about. Like we were productive for the week, but at the same time we had that reset, uh, which was good. And so now I'm back to a Monday morning where I'm kind of feeling the same thing, although we don't have quite as much mess to clean up. But I don't really have a plan, um, you know, for the coming week. So I don't really want that to be the norm because unlike Jimmy, that kind of stresses me out. It doesn't stress me out. It's just like I would feel a lot more productive, I think, if I had a plan going into the week rather than not. But um, Try and take it take it as that challenge where you know that this will be the week I make that killer concept that totally isn't in it. It's not in existence yet, but it's there. It's like, you have to kind of grab a, you know, you got to like grab it out of the air. So the problem I have with that, I agree with you. And I think that's a good idea, but the problem I have with that approach, and this is getting into our topic, I think. So we'll just get in there is like, if, if I took today and put some constraint on, I got to come up with, we'll, we'll just take the thing that you did. I got to come up with a way to make a grill um, and I have this great idea. It's going to be a scissor lift grill. It's awesome. And I can sketch it and I can cat it and I can do the whole thing. 
And then it's like brick wall because I have to get materials and I have to make sure I probably can't get everything locally. So I have to order something. And so like that whole being, uh, impromptu uh, creativity, like impromptu and creativity and all that's, you know, happening right now, coming up with an idea and blah, blah, blah. And then I have to stop. No, because they deal with that. Or do you just have everything on hand? No, I look around. If if I have, if I have a time limit and it's like, okay, I only have like three days to get something done. I look around and I say, what do I have? It's basically like the chef that like opens up the kitchen and like pulls out like the rotting onion and Mm. soup. You know, you got to look around and say, what's around (laughs) me. Is that a thing? Because I don't want to eat soup from that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Rotten onion soup. You don't know about that? Yeah, it's always good stuff under the layers. Yeah, you got to look around you and say, okay, okay, I have that sheet of plywood. I have that piece of sheet metal and that piece of plexiglass. What can I make? Oh, maybe I make a light box. Maybe I make a you know a sketch box. Or what can I do? You just got to really sit down and look mm. around you and look for some need. It could be, I, if I was anything I learned over the years, it's the simple needs and the big needs. Like I just did that wrench roll out of an old tarp. Now, that's something I've been wanting to do for the longest time. And I've been always thinking to myself, what's going to be the most perfect piece of material to make this out of that's going to be impressive? And Because it's a simple video, but what is that material going to be? And then I want to do my pants again, which I'll probably do this week. I want to make like the, the pocket pants that I like to cover the front half of my, my jeans up to my knees. I want to do that. And so I kept thinking, oh, I want to, I miss my leather pants. And the reason I never wear them is because it's too hot usually. And I always have my, my two front pockets jammed with so much stuff. I want extra pockets. I need layered pockets. So I was like, you know what? Let me make those same pants, but out of a lighter material. What can I use? I want it to be a different color. Oh, my God. Why don't I use an old tarp? I got all these old tarps laying in the shop. I got that one brown one that's got too many holes in it. Let me just cut that up and use that as the fodder. And then when I jumped into it, I haven't used a sewing machine in so long. I'm like, what project can I do? It's going to be a, a getting warmed up project. Oh, I've been wanting to make this mm. wrench roll for so long. And so now I'm going to do three or four sewing videos, probably in a row, maybe, maybe not, of using that old tarp to do this, the pants, the other thing. But so the point I'm making is I got a pretty decent video. It's getting pretty good numbers out of just cutting up a, a, an old tarp. Hmm. So try and let the, let, try and let the material dictate what it is you want to do. Look around and, you know, if, if you spend enough time trying to connect the dots, I think I said, I said this somewhere, somewhere recently where like life is like a game of concentration. It's like you lift up this card and you're like, oh, okay, that's a star. You close it. And then in three months from now, you lift up another card and you're like, oh, there's the other half of that star. And that's like the hmm. beginning of the idea. And that's the end of the idea. Oh, that's the, that's the, the concept. And now finally I've gotten the ingredients. So life is like a game of concentration. And if you just keep like lifting up cards and, I like when I talk in metaphors because then people have no idea what I'm talking about when they tune in. I love but, it. I love it. This is an excellent <laughs> metaphor. Keep going. <laughs> you, you, you have that. You basically say, okay, I'm looking for the match to that pair. And, and it might take a week. It might take five minutes. It might take a year. But you eventually find the other half of that. And that's a good opportunity. You have various ideas and you look around the room and you say, okay, what material is going to be the match to that concept that would be suitable today because this is what I have now, or this is what I can get by the end of the week. I have to do these Seagram seven signs. I have to make two of them. And the first thing I did was I ran around the shop. I made sure I had the acrylic that I needed. I needed the red acrylic. I need that acrylic. And then I have this material and I have that steel. Okay. I have all the ingredients to make rotten onion soup. Let's get started. If I didn't have the rotten onion, I'd have to go and (laughs) run to Albany to get a sheet of plastic. And I would do that first to absolutely make sure that, because that's the most critical part that's hard to get because I don't keep acrylic on stock, especially in the right translucent red, which they need for the brand. You know, so if there is one part that's critical, that is obviously difficult to get, I make sure that's the first thing I get because it gives me enough time, you know, especially if it's time sensitive, gives me enough time to make sure that I solve that problem. MDF, I can get anywhere. I can get, I, you know, I, I break it down to like the simplest things I can get at the last minute at Home Depot, but I need enough time to be able to get the most complicated part. Or if I don't, how do I improvise? I can, oh, I have plenty of clear plexiglass. I could spray paint the inside of it red. Maybe it won't look good. Maybe it'll be perfect. Yeah. Mm. So that's what, a, you know, look around the room and try and find your workshop or go to, go to tractor supply or go to some other store and look around the supplies in there and you say, oh, I can get a brand new sheet of MDF. They sell them in half inch, four by two sheets. What can I do with just this building block? What can I do to limit myself to this one piece of wood? 
That is one thing that I really like to do um, when I get stuck, especially on a on a certain part of a project. Like if I don't know how to do or what material to use for this one piece of it, I'll go to Lowe's or Tractor Supply or a place like that and just walk around through the aisles that I don't typically go in. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome because you run across all this stuff that you just didn't know you had access to. Like I'll yeah. go through... Like in Lowe's, which is kind of weird, I feel like I should have known that this was there. But I one day walked through the lawnmowers, which I don't really ever have a reason to walk through. And there's a whole wall of wheels and gears and motors. And I'm like, what? when did I mean, it makes sense that it's here. But like, why did I never see this before? And you could totally go right there and get pretty much everything you need to make like an electric go-kart or a gas go-kart. It's like all yeah. right there in Lowe's. And I think of that being as more of a... You know, you have to go to a, a tractor-specific store to get, a, like, a two-stroke or something. Yeah. But, and then one day I was going through the roofing stuff, and I found all of this different material that I had never really seen. But I started trying to, like, figure mm-hmm. out, like, kind of put that in the inventory in my brain. Like, if I ever need a blank, it's well, right Well, yeah, like, you can go – you can obviously shop on McMaster Car, but you can't touch and feel. But if you go to a tractor yeah. supply or, like, a regional Home Depot or regional Lowe's where they have more of that farm stuff – or even Harbor Freight has motors. They have a whole island of different engines mm-hmm. you could buy. You know, any that not much more than maybe probably a few hundred dollars at the most, maybe five or six hundred dollars for a pull start motor that you could apply to something else. But being able to go to a, like a farm supply shop that has gears and motors that gets your wheels turning. No pun intended. That gets your gears turning in your head and you start thinking, oh, I can use this chain with this sprocket and make this happen and gear it down to do this shaft. And then that's when you really can start brainstorming. So when when I I lack of ideas or a lack of build concepts or at least ones that I want to do right there and then, because I never have a lack of, there's always ideas. It's like, which one is coming together right now? Which is the one that's within reach right now? Which is the one that seems to be timely, at least for me? Or, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, you made a barbecue in the springtime. You're so smart. And I'm like, I made a barbecue because it was the one idea that happened to suit all the material I had laying around and I needed to do a welding project. It's funny. My brother called me. He's like, you know, you're on trend. You're, you made something that's trending now because it's springtime. That's why you're doing so well. I'm like, I just, I, okay. I like barbecue. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Me and Craig from, from Lincoln had a conversation and I'm like, oh, great. You know, I had a germ of an idea for a different barbecue, which I could still make. It's totally different. Since we're still on trend, I might make that barbecue next. And well, I have one that's going to be on trend too. So don't make that one because then <laughs> I'll look like I'm copying you. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, get on trend. No, just look around and, you know, we're going to coin a term now, rotten onion soup. You want to make rotten onion soup with what you got. Yeah. You know, and then, and then you can get crazy. You could say like, I'm looking in your room, Bob. Imagine if it like, it was like Survivor Island and you had to like, you had to like make something and you had nothing but the carpet in your room. And then you take a razor blade, you take the maker knife and you start cutting the carpet up and making clothes. So you and Josh and Anthony are all dressed in like carpet clothes. And then you go out into the jungle and make something dressed up in your tribal carpet clothes. <laughs> if you get super yep. desperate, you could like tear the carpet up and make something out of it. Yeah. You could make, totally. you could make like LARPing gear out of carpet, but that would be cool because it would look like, it would look like it would bend like sheet metal, you know, and you could like zip tie mm. it into like panels and shoulder blades and stuff. You could cool. call it carping instead of LARPing. Anyway, oh my God. so we had a we had a topic ish that's kind of like into this. But David, like, what was the, I just saw the, Anthony just turned around and talking about? <laughs> uh, so on Twitter, way back in early June, Jerome Kelty came up with the topic idea, and I'll read his tweet. It says, "Talk about methods of design. Does everything begin as a paper sketch, or do you work straight from the computer?" How much does the design change during the project? So uh, I guess on what Jimmy's saying, like if we take that same train of thought, once you look around for you specifically, Jimmy, you look around your shop and you're like, oh, look, there's uh, a trash bag, like, you know, two pieces of steel and a plastic container. I have this idea, blah, I'm going to start on this thing. So how during the build, 
do you pretty much stick to that original idea or do does it continue to evolve like as you're no, using no, materials and everything everything always evolves it, for me i like i like the the idea of looking for that magical left turn I, I, that i'm not even aware of yet and if i'm if you keep a free and easy mind while you're working and know that everything is transformable you could be in the middle of a design and say you know what I've gone a few minutes down this road. Let me back up and go that way because that's an idea I never would have thought of hadn't I come this way. Let me go that way because then that'll really make it interesting. Like the barbecue. I wasn't thinking of doing the scissor lift until I was well into the build. I just wanted to be able to raise and lower the barbecue in a cool way. And I couldn't, that just was, didn't look the same as the 10 videos I saw leading into me making the barbecue. I just kept Googling, you know, Argentine barbecue. And every one of them has the rails that stick up vertically on left and right and the crank, the big crank wheel. And I just wanted to do something that just looked a little different than that. And then you ask yourself, okay, what is the goal? The goal is to just pick the grill up. How can I do that? I can literally pick it up like a tray and hold it in the air. I can have uh, pins on the back that I can kind of prop into and can't deliver off the pins. Uh, how can I do that? Oh, I can, I can jack it up with a hydraulic jack. Can a hydraulic jack be in a barbecue? Probably not. The heat will kill the seals in the hydraulic system. Uh, what can I do? You know, so you just start asking yourself these questions. You just say, what is the goal? The goal is to lift it. And that's, that was my train of thought there. And that's how I arrived at what I, where I arrived. And similarly with the, I just did a, a roll for wrenches where you make a bunch of wrenches and it goes into its own little sock and you roll the sock up. At the end of the day, Brett and I were at the end of the shoot. I'm like, oh, now is the time to lash on a piece of leather so you could tie it. And I thought, well, that's just so typical. That's what everybody expects. That's what we both expected. I don't have my leather kit here. Taylor borrowed it to go do a demonstration and it's still in her studio. So how can we put snaps and buttons and things on it without having any of those things? And it occurred to me, I'm like, you know what? I can sew some more and just make a pouch and you roll it up and stick it in the pouch. And for me, that's cool because the pouch isn't going to fall apart. Those, you wrap it around it and you tie it. Those ties tend to loosen up and fall off, especially if you're going to bounce them around the, the toolbox. As a, if it's in the pouch, it'll never become unrolled. And I could put other tools in the pouch, another set of maybe an adjustable wrench that goes in there with it. So that was my idea there. And that came up right at the very end. And I wouldn't have thought of that. Me personally, I would, probably wouldn't have thought of that going, sketching it on a piece of paper. I had to have it in my hand, holding it and being like, okay, how can we keep this closed? We could put snaps on it, but you know, they might pop open and you know, the little wrenches might have a tendency to fall out of the littlest socket holes because the sock holes, if we put it all in a bag, this, this thing gets flipped around 700 times, everything will stay in the bag. We could have put a drawstring at the top, but again, that's expected. I just, you know, I got to give some food to the trolls. So (laughs) if you, if you don't feed them, they won't keep coming back. No, sometimes they make life fun (laughs) to practice my karate skills. That's what I like. It's like the zombie. It's like the zombies, you know, they keep coming back. I can practice all my zombie killing skills on the trolls. (laughs) David, what's your kind of design process? Like, where does your stuff start? So I'll start with the, with the ideas. I have a list in Evernote and then every, any idea that I have goes on to that list whether I'm going to make it now or sometime in the future, or if it's not, even if it's something I can't make, or if it's a crazy, silly idea, I put it on the list because sometimes that crazy, silly idea, when I look back at that list, will trigger something new. Um, And sometimes those ideas aren't developed. So it it just needs to be somewhere where I can look at it later. And then from there, there's two ways that I go about it. There's the way that, always works but i try to force myself to not go that way and that is writing it on an actual piece of paper with a pencil like sketching out the idea just to get an overall look i seem to work fastest when i do that but for whatever reason i want to start on the computer i want to start sketching on the ipad or write in the fusion 360 because to me like i can file that away and that can and everything is always in one spot but it, it doesn't seem to work that way. Um, so uh, just the fastest way to get an idea is to start with, with a piece of paper and then move on to dig- digital. And when it comes time for the actual project, I don't leave much room for experimentation. 
uh, usually what is that, whatever is in Fusion 360 happens in the project, at least structurally and uh, anything mechanical. That's usually set in stone. And then the things that I will leave out of that initial digital sketch is maybe like a drawer pole or a handle. And I don't know what I'm going to do with that just yet, but I'm going to wait until I get to that point to see what inspires me. So non-mechanical things I will design on on the fly, but everything else is it's pretty much set in stone because that's the fastest way for me to work when I'm paying somebody to film and watch me work. I think I would be a little bit more experimental if there wasn't somebody else in the room with me. But it would it would definitely take me way longer, like days longer. That's an interesting thing right there, though, which is not our topic. But like right there, having somebody next to you or, or waiting on you limits how far you're willing to experiment and take an idea. But I guess there's a possibility that the <clears throat> the converse of that is true. Like if you or not converse, but there could be an unknown there. Like if you were to let that person just wait around for you to experiment and do the experimentation, the end result could theoretically be more out there and more interesting and gain a bigger response. You know, I, that's like a, that's, you never know, but that's an interesting constraint. I mean, I guess I kind of feel that as well, you know, knowing that, uh, there are other people waiting on me to do their job and I'm paying them to basically wait on me uh, to do things. It definitely pushes things faster along and probably makes me not explore things as well. But that's kind of interesting to think about. Like, I wonder how much limitation we're putting on ourselves just because. Well, I think it's okay though. For me, it's okay. And we need those limitations. Like Jimmy was talking about earlier, like just look around the shop and see what you have and, and what sparks that idea. You need the parameters if everything was just wide open all the time, there wouldn't be this, this focus. There wouldn't be the, the output and there wouldn't be the, the satisfaction of completing a job as much. And so I need those limitations and I need those parameters for my style of workflow. Yeah, I could see that. And I mean, I've heard you say that before for me that that translates differently for sure. Um, I can see an advantage to having a constraint but at the same time, I feel like the constraints that I already have that I'm working around are are less like concrete. They're like, how do I make this? And anytime I look at a, you know, this cup, I'm holding up a cup here. I look at this cup. How am I going to make this cup? Well, we could 3D print it. What if somebody didn't have a 3D printer? How do you go about it? Uh, well, we could mold and cast it. Well, you got to make an original. What do you make the original out of? You could 3D print it. Well, what if somebody didn't have a 3D printer? Like, you know, there's this. I, I want to do things. I'm not, I'm not willing to go lowest common denominator on tools so that everybody can do it. But at the same time, I want to take that into consideration. Like, is there an easier way to get this thing done without a 3D printer just to broaden the appeal a little bit? And that's a constraint that I always work around, regardless of what the project itself is or what the material itself is. And so I feel like for me, which is different than the way you guys work, putting an additional constraint on that trying to make it as uh, broad as possible, but then also, well, you can only use blue tools or you can only use brown materials or, you can, you know, putting a thing like that just makes it frustrating. Like, <laughs> that doesn't help me be more creative. It's just like, man, come on. So I, I think um, that for me personally, the constraints are already enough to give me, and I'm, and I'm driven in like, I've learned a lot recently about my pace and I think my pace pushes me along fast enough that I don't necessarily have to have those other things in place to make sure I'm being productive. I'm just, that's just how I move. Um, but I do see that if I were, if I didn't have the pressure of other people waiting on me, I would probably do a little bit more research than I do now, which is totally worthwhile. Like I should do that anyway, even if people are waiting on me, um, I would do more research and probably end up with a more uh, reproducible result and like a more expected result in a project, I would probably experiment a little bit more and test things out before I just jumped in, which would probably give me a better final result as well. So it's kind of funny that, you know, getting things done is easier because you have people helping you, but at the same time, you probably don't go take, I don't take things as far or as cleanly as I would if 
I didn't have people waiting on me, which is absolutely not our topic. But <laughs> that's just dawned on me when you said that. that yeah. That's, well, you know, I tell you, it's funny. Brett is going away this week to Germany. See, they're, they're traveling today. He and Jesse are going to Laura Kampf's shop. They're going to do a big group build awesome. on a couple of things. So Brett's not around all week. And so it's almost, it's like going to be like casual Friday for me all week long. I have a lot to do and a lot of things to accomplish. And there's people here and they're going to be here for a couple of days. <clears throat> but in my mind, it's a bit freeing because I don't have to be concerned that he's busy doing something that's productive for, you know, the bottom, bottom line here. And so in my mind, it's, it's almost like I have like a total free and easy week. Hmm. And I just, you know, not, not that it's weeks are difficult when he's here. I mean, I also have to keep in mind, I want to shoot a video and, you know, I, I appreciate Brett's point of view through the camera and helping me compose stuff. And so now I got to be on my own, which is fine. And then I think of like, how can I use that to my advantage? How, instead of it being a burden, okay, let me try and do a couple of things I otherwise wouldn't have done. Hmm. So, you know, that's, that's again, in keeping mind with making rotten onion soup, it's like, Okay. How can I do the best I can with the, what I have at hand? How can I MacGyver this situation? Now that I'm down yeah. a, set, a set of hands, well, you know, it's free and easy. I can kind of be more insular mentally. I don't have to talk, which for me is a big thing. I always like having assistance. I always joke, and uh, when I when I, if I even interview somebody, I'm like, do you talk a lot? Because uh, <laughs> part of the job requirement is that you don't have to talk at all. <laughs> oh, Okay. We can just text and we'll just talk mentally like aliens and twilight zone. We'll just like think each other's thoughts. Is that possible? Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> One of the things I've discovered about myself is if Dan is not there, like he can't make it that week or the, the project spills into the next day and I'm by myself, I get easily distracted and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go take a lunch now, or I'm going to go respond to some emails, or and I, or I get to a point in a project and I just stare at it, and I don't force myself into the next step. And so when Dan is there, it just forces me to not stare at the project, not get distracted by emails, and just do the thing. Yeah. And I, I need, I need somebody else. It, it's just, it's, I just need somebody else there. If, even if I wasn't doing this, if I was self-employed, being a web developer, I think I would need somebody else here to keep me accountable for for doing hmm. the yeah. thing. Interesting. Well, I, I to keep myself accountable, that's when I, and I've talked about setting personal goals, I say, you know what, in three days from now, that's going to be done. And I did that with my last vlog. I did that like 20 times where I'm like, by the end of tomorrow night, it has to be done. <laughs> and then honestly, the goal for my last vlog to actually get it done is I finally made an, I didn't have a commercial for the vlog. And Craig from Lincoln asked me, he said, he was, hey, can you uh, do, you know, do a Father's Day shout out for us? And I was like, sure. You know, I have an overall deal with them, so I'm happy to help them. And he, so I was like, oh my God, Father's Day is tomorrow. I stayed up till five in the morning to get that vlog out. So at least I can get it out for Father's Day morning. I don't know how much oh, it helped putting a, you know, a discount code out the day of the event, but at least I got in. I literally like slid in under the wire, but that was the one goal I needed to finish vlog number 85 was hmm. I needed a discount code <laughs> that was <laughs> needed to be published on the day of the event of the discount. Yeah, I mean, it gives you a waypoint that you're working towards. And yeah, you know, you got to hit that. Yeah, yeah. So, Bob, where do your ideas start, and how do they develop? I mean, usually our ideas come from it, it, historically. It's been a lot of like, well, we need this in our house, or I know somebody that needs this thing, and so it, it comes from that. That's happening less and less these days because there we just don't have as many things to renovate, and we don't have as many missing pieces of furniture, and we don't have as many you know things that we don't have. Um, and so a lot of the ideas recently are, uh, based on some immediate change. We got a 3d printer recently. So we built a little station that goes around it to hold some of the stuff that goes with it. And, um, more of them are, I don't know, just the impetus for things are, it's changing a little bit from what it used to be. So whenever we do come up with an idea, kind of the first thing, we'll end up throwing it around here in the office, like the other two guys are in sitting in here with me. And so we'll just like throw the idea around and we talk about it and it usually becomes something different than 
what it started out as to a degree. And we have a whiteboard wall, so we always go up there and sketch the mechanics and try to figure out kind of how it's built. Or And we always get to a point with pretty much everything where it's like, okay, but it needs a blank. It's that left turn that you're talking about, Jimmy. It needs a little thing that makes it not the normal and and I don't think our projects are like out there and we don't do really crazy stuff, but I just you could take like a bench. I'm thinking about making an outdoor bench right now. And you could easily make an outdoor bench that looks like every other bench that's ever been made and it just happens to be made out of something that will last outdoor and it's straightforward and it's quick and easy and you can probably get it done in a day. But I keep looking at that project and going, no, like anybody could do that. Like what's a thing that would make that bench just a little Mm -hmm. extra? And so we, I personally often get stuck there because I don't want to go ahead with an idea that's just like a 50% normal, you know, kind of meh. It's got to have a little thing. And if I don't know that thing, then it goes into kind of the purgatory where it just sits there and waits for me to come up with the thing to move it ahead that's where the list that's where the list idea comes in handy for me is okay i wanted to make a bench but i don't have that left turn i don't have that thing it needs to go on the list and maybe six months down the road i'll see um i'll see a a building or something completely unrelated and i'm like that's a cool design or that's a cool feature that thing that would work perfect for that bench idea that i want to do that's that's the game of concentration yeah those are the two cards Yeah. yeah So my, I have that list. I have 246 <laughs> items in that list, things that are just a little piece of an idea or 90% of an idea or something, um, and they're all just waiting for that uh, the next Bob, little step. One thing that could help you, for instance, and this is advice for everybody, if you want to do a bench, so bench is the category. What are the subcategories? It's like a Chinese menu. You have bench on one side and on the other side you have you know the things in your personal environment. You have 3D printing, you have Legos, you have Star Wars, you have you know, everything that makes up you and your channel and your community, how can you apply one of those to the other? So you basically just say, okay, mm. bench and logo, Legos. What is that? How, what is, does that mean one big Lego? Does that mean a thousand little ones? Or does that mean resin, throwing Legos into it? You know, so there's like seven yeah. iterations of, there's a hundred iterations of any one of those ideas. What if the bench is the Star Wars bench? If it is, then what does that look like? Is it all molded white? Is it like if you took a stormtrooper and, and a piece of furniture and you melted them, you put them through the transformaguration machine, transformaguration, <laughs> trans, transmog for eight. What is that? I can't even remember what word I'm trying to say. I want you to keep going. I'm not going to tell you. Trans, transform. Well, let's just say transformation. I thought that was a cooler, more interesting word. Put it through the transformation imagination machine. There you go. That's a new there podcast. There you go. The transformation nice. imagination. And that's the process that me just trying to come up with that word. I thought I was going to say transmographer. I don't know the word. Transmographer. And then you you come up with transformation imagination station. Is that what I just said? That's not, but that's even better. Transformation. Alliteration happening there. Transformation imagination station creation stations. (laughs) Too many stations. I don't think you can use station twice. (laughs) (laughs) But you do that, and that's how you come up with that bench that's going to be that thing. Okay, if it's just like maybe, you know, if you want to just keep it in a country setting, because I know your house is in a country setting, look around you. Tree branches, uh, you know, how can we make tree branches? Maybe it's stall branches. Star Wars and transformation branches. Star Wars. (laughs) What if Star Wars was in the Adirondacks? What would that look like? What if only Star Wars... What if Star Wars just happened in a place where there's only hatchets? You'd end up with, you'd end up with Game of Thrones. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I just thought of this. What if, Bob asked Jimmy about, you know, do you have the, all these supplies on hand, or do you have to go get them? And a lot of times, I will have. Uh, I will have some ideas. And I'm like, I need to buy the supplies for that. Those ideas, and so. But I don't get to those ideas for months at a time. And I did so, that the other day when I yeah. was at I was at yeah. Home Depot. I was walking around Home Depot, just playing around, like buying stuff for this garden hose thing I want to do. Yeah, and I was so hot on it. And then I got home, like, oh god, this idea is so not formulated. I thought I would be working on it right away. And I <laughs> sat down at the lathe. I got to make some crazy spinning parts, and I'm like, 
uh, this this idea needs yeah. more incubation. So I've I got sewing stuff. I got stained glass stuff ready to go. I've got some. Um, I got one of those vacuum pressure pots to do some uh, resin infused wood things. And I've just had all these things ready to go for a long time, but I haven't executed on there because I haven't. I don't have that left turn yet. I don't have that thing that motivates me to do it now. But it will come, and I will be ready for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. <clears throat> All right. Well, we have any other thoughts on this? We're an hour in. What? Imagination Probably. transformation station. Sorry. Yep. Did I say that about? Am I still on mute? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. oh. Okay. Uh, imagine. Right. Well, magic. Let me let me thank our Patreon while you repeat that a thousand times. Let me thank our Patreon supporters, <laughs> and you guys can talk. Think about what you're gonna recommend big thanks to everybody that helps us out on patreon um we're really grateful because that is the only way this show really happens so thank you to everybody that helps out at any level but especially our top patrons Corey ward works by solo chad from Mancrafting, maker and training fun kiss artistic creations blondie hacks you can make this too modern diy new patrons jenny and davis hmm. and make build modify hmm. um thank you everyone for the support. And if you want to help out the show, even a little bit, we'll get you the after show, which is more of us talking and sometimes secret stuff. I don't know if we have any secret stuff today, but uh, go to patreon.com slash making it. Help us out. This after show Thank would just you. be Jimmy working on his name for the imagination <laughs> transformation station. <laughs> Creation. Wait, is that what I said? Creation, imagination, station, relation, relation, station, station, <laughs> Jason. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh. And cut. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. so what are we, uh, what are you even watching? You guys got anything? I'm going to have... shout out, uh, I was going to shout out Jody and JD because they're amazing cool. welders and they're amazing guys. So if you don't already know about welding tips and tricks, <clears throat> the YouTube channel, that's Jody Collier or JD at apexish.com or no J- JD apexish on Instagram. JD's more active on Instagram day to day. He's always putting up videos and Jody also is on Instagram, but he's really the YouTube guru for welding. So check out both of those guys. And uh, I just want to also thank them tremendously for investing in our vision here. So guys, thank you so much. Yep. Yep. Sweet. So I have two videos that are unrelated, but also related at the same time. And huh? yeah, so uh, a, a couple weeks ago, John Heise did a replicating the Apple Mac Pro grill out of solid cherry wood. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go look at images of the new Mac Pro that Apple will be releasing later in the year. But it's a, it's a series of holes. People call it the cheese grater, whatever. John remade that out of cherry. And then I think it was just a couple days ago, Winston Moy did the same thing, but out of aluminum. And it was kind of cool to see these two people approach the process in in different ways. And whether what they made is useful or functional at the end doesn't matter because they're cool videos and they have these cool pieces that uh, they're just fun to look at. Yeah, those are both really interesting. There's a lot of problem solving in to get that to get that shape into reality. Yeah. Um, it's pretty interesting. Um, so mine is totally off this topic in a whole different place. Um, so recently I've been looking, I've been more interested in taking my land cruiser off road and like, there's this kind of thing called overlanding where you, so you just drive off road, but it's not crazy. Like, you know, survival stuff. It's just, going off of pavement for a little while and kind of exploring the world around you and not having to travel too far to do it and stuff like that. So um, this is something I've been wanting to do more with the family. And so I'm trying to like kind of get my Land Cruiser ready to go do this. And I found some places here locally that we can get. I think there's like a 900 mile loop that you can do in my region. And uh, so you're never that far from home or from any place, but you're out in the wilderness and you're driving through you know, rivers and stuff like that. Anyway, so I've been more into this. I started looking into it a while back and I found a website called Overland Bound. And it's a community of people that I think this couple started. uh, Just, it's like, they have a YouTube channel and that's how I found it originally, but it's just 
gear recommendations and like how to mod your vehicle for the best this and the best that. And it's not about having all the expensive stuff. It's just about taking what you need and kind of getting out and exploring. And they have kind of a, just a cool way about it. You know, it's like the, the important thing is getting outside and exploring nature. Anyway, so it turns out that they have there's a whole website behind this YouTube channel that's like a forum and people share information and they trade gear and they like trade um, GPS coordinate paths where you're like, I found this cool trail and it's it's only 10 minutes from a large city or it's whatever. So there's a lot of sharing there and I'm starting to get into that, <clears throat> that community and trying to learn because there's a whole lot to learn. So I'm doing that. If you're interested in that type of thing, Overland Bound is pretty awesome. Go check it out. That, the Taylor and I are going to collaborate on a top of the Jeep pop-up tents. We have a couple of ideas. There's a lot of Ooh. elaborate pop-up tent. You probably been looking. Yeah. I know you put your you put your new roof rack on, but have you yeah. considered like a, a top of the car pop-up tent? And it's not it's not I a have, good thing for a family. It's only a good thing for a couple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to have that, but with six of us that doesn't make any sense. So yeah. we would always be on the ground. There are yeah. some um, that you can, where you build, it's like it goes on the top, but it flops over and goes yeah. and touches the yeah. ground, you know? So yeah. I may end yeah. up doing something like that eventually, but not actually yeah. on top of the vehicle. Yeah. So Taylor and I are going to collaborate on a, you know, two person tent that goes on a car on the top of a Jeep. We came up with a couple of awesome. ideas based on some of the ones that are already out there, but she's like, well, wouldn't it be cool if this happened or that? So that might be a full on aluminum welding video eventually. Sweet. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I guess that's it for this one. Yeah. Unless you guys got anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll do. Oh, oh okay. my God. That'll do, pig. I'm so tired. I'm sorry. I'm like, I keep uh, muting myself to yawn like crazy because I hardly slept this week. And, and then right at the end, you just didn't mute all. yourself. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, yeah. everybody. Uh, Jimmy's going to go take a nap. <laughs> we'll see you later. Love you. <laughs>